Mark chapter 5, please. And verse, well, let's see here. Let's just go right to verse 34. Isn't the Bible reading an awesome church? If you're not reading your chapter a day, you need to start reading your chapter a day. This is very important. At, at least, this is the least we do. But we're like in Mark, Mark 8 now or something like that. Mark chapter 8, super good. Just so, so rich. Mark chapter 5, look at verse 34. Jesus said to the woman who had the issue of blood, who was incurable. Verse 34, Jesus said unto her, Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of your plague. One of the most interesting things about this healing is Jesus didn't minister it. Right. He, Jesus did not initiate this healing. The woman initiated her healing. If you read the previous scriptures, it says that Jesus said, Who touched me? I perceive power has gone out of me. Well, if he would have initiated the healing, he would have known who got the power. Did you know at times God initiates healing through the gifts of the Spirit, as the Spirit wills? But if he's not initiating tonight, you can initiate your own healing by pulling the power out of the atmosphere like she pulled it out of the, the, uh, the Holy Ghost inside of Jesus through the touching of the garment. You know, a lot of times people say, well, man, it'd be so much easier to be healed if we were back in Jesus' day. Friend, it should be way easier to be healed today than back in Jesus' day. Yeah. Right. Jesus said, it's more profitable for you all that I go away, because if I don't go away, the Comforter can't come. And did you know the power of the Holy Spirit is what healed the woman? Because Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. The Holy Spirit's everywhere today. He's not just in a certain person over in Galilee, the Holy Spirit's everywhere. I look at it this way. If you can get the greatest miracle anywhere, born again, then you can get anything less than that anywhere. We just need to have the same faith she had. We just need to declare, you know, I'm going to church tonight and I'm getting my healing. I'm going to church. Tonight is my night. She said, if I just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be whole. She set up her own breakthrough. She didn't wait for the Lord to come by and touch her fevered brow. She got up in a weakened condition, sickly, wasn't supposed to be in public, had to overcome hurdles of tradition and, and weakness. And she, she pressed. She got through a crowd of people that were thronging Jesus and she touched in her weakened condition. That's faith. Faith is not just sitting at home. Faith gets up and does something. Amen. Says if I if I get to that church service tonight's my night. Right. Yeah. And can I just give you a piece of advice? Don't wait till you're half dead and desperate before you get this kind of faith. Have this kind of faith on purpose. Amen. Right? Well how, well, how do you get a strong purpose when it's not life and death? How do you get a strong purpose, as strong as purpose as you need to see results if it's not life and death? Well, you got to go back in time and look, listen to some of our series. We taught a long time ago on strong reasons to be healed, strong reasons that activate faith other than desperation. We, we put that one aside because you don't want to wait till you're desperate. Right. And there's like six strong reasons that, that will stir up your faith to where you go, bless God, I'm getting healed. I don't care if it's not life threatening. I'm taking my healing. 
You know, one thing that will really help you, ask yourself this question. What will your victory or your miracle do for others in your family? Friends, people that you work with. What, you start thinking about that long enough, something's going to start rising on the inside of you. saying, I've got to have it. Man, it'll get their attention to the point to Jesus. They want to get saved. Right? Another thing that will motivate you to be fed up with a disease or a sickness is realizing where it came from. I, I don't want anything that the devil has any part of. I, I, the Bible says give zero place to the devil in your spirit, soul, and body, and finances. So that shows me right there, if he has a place, we gave it to him, either ignorantly or knowingly. Isn't that awesome to think that you don't have to give place to the devil at all in any place, any area of your life? You don't have to give him place at all. Because the Bible says don't do it. Then that means you can do it. You can do what he said and don't do it. Oh, but look at this, guys. Look at verse 35. I know there's some things maybe that you've heard about this that, I don't know, maybe they're not quite what you, you've heard before. But let's just go right to the scriptures here. Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Now, some people have thought that they were in all the faith they needed to be in to see the miracle they needed to see, and it didn't work, and month after month and year after year, things didn't get better, and they thought, oh, I know what it is. got to leave faith and go to something else because I'm in faith. It's not working, so it must be something else. Let me tell you one sure way you can tell if you're in faith. Results. Eventually. Faith eventually turns to sight. And you know in your spirit if the results haven't shown up yet, but they should have. Well, when that happens, you don't want to leave what produces results. You want to go deeper in what you're already in. Deeper in faith. I mean, I could tell you right now, I could say, well, it was Jesus that healed this woman. Well, let me ask you this question. What did Jesus want us to think and know and understand about the healing of this woman, why she got healed? What did he want us to know? That it was her faith that made her whole. I refuse to add to that scripture. If I don't understand it, if I don't like it, if it doesn't seem right, I'm going to stick. If Jesus wanted us, if he wanted the emphasis to be him, he would have said, daughter, I made you whole. If he, he could have said that. He could have said, daughter, the power of God in me made you whole. He could have said, daughter, my grace made you whole. And if he wanted us, if he, he would have said that if that's what he wanted us to think about when we read this. Right. But he said something different. He said, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. What does Jesus want us thinking about and pondering as how this woman got healed? I'm not, I'm not talking about somebody else. What does Jesus want us thinking about? He pointed us to her faith, made her whole. And here's the good news. If her faith can make her whole, your faith can make you whole. Amen. 
But there's some people that they have not, I guess the simplest way to say it is they thought they were in faith and they weren't. At least they weren't in the degree they thought they needed to be in. And because it didn't work, instead, instead of humbling themselves and say, you know what, I've got some more to learn about faith. They actually left faith. Now they're talking against faith and saying it's really not, that's not something you want to follow. That's called making a shipwreck of your life. Why would you want to leave something that the Bible says works just because it didn't work for you right now? Why would you want to do that? I'll tell you why. Pride. Refu refu refusing correction and not wanting to admit I got some more to learn. I know that's hard, church, but I think I need to put this scripture in right now before we go any further. Look at Proverbs chapter 1 in verse 23. You've you got to see, I don't want you to feel like, I don't want you to feel bad. I want us to feel challenged tonight. I want us to feel like, hey, there's hope. We can move forward. I know what the answer is. I've known it all along. I'm just going to go deeper. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. In Proverbs chapter 1, look at this scripture here. Somebody gave me this scripture earlier this week, and I want to give it to all of us. Proverbs chapter 1. Did I say Psalms or Proverbs? Okay. Proverbs chapter 1. Look here at verse 23. God's talking. What does he say? Turn you at my reproof, the Lord says. And what? Surely. And I will pour out. I'll pour out my spirit unto you and I'll make known my word unto you. What happens if we don't turn at his reproof? What happens if we choose not to turn at his reproof or get an attitude about it or go a different direction? Oh, let me, oh, oh I need to make this clear too, church. I'm sorry. Um, the Lord's not going to come down from heaven and reproof you. He's going to do it through anointed leaders most of the time. He may use a donkey once in a while. I just, Jesus is not running errands on the earth. I don't know if you knew that. He delegates these things. These words, these teachings, these admonitions. And a lot of times, people think they're resisting a person when they hear a sermon they don't like, not realizing they're resisting the Lord Himself. I mean, with scriptural example of this all through the Old Testament and the New Testament. You have to watch out about resisting the Lord while He's trying to help you through a leader he's put in your life. We all have God, hopefully, you've identified some of your God-appointed leaders. Because you can't submit to them if you don't know who they are. But this scripture here, so, so if there's a little reproof going on tonight, a little correction, what should we do? Well, if it's, number one, discern if it's for you or not. And if it is, go, Lord, okay. I have nothing to prove to anybody. I don't claim to be perfect. I receive it. You know what I think the Lord's saying to us tonight? Faith is the answer to most people's problems. And faith is a full-time job. It affects your mornings. It affects your mid-mornings. It affects your late mornings. It affects the afternoon. It affects the early evening. There should be signs of it in the evening when we go to bed. Faith is a life. 
It's a, it's a walk and it's a life. We don't just talk different when a problem comes our way. We always talk the Word of God. We always speak in line with principles of Scripture. We always speak what we know the Lord, what we know He said in His Word, the knowledge we have. Now look at this scripture. Look with me at Mark, I'm sorry, Matthew 8, Matthew chapter 8. Okay, church, so here's the, the thing. You ready? When things aren't going well in your life, when you're wondering why your tithing hasn't been working like you know it should, or you're wondering why your giving hasn't been working like you know it should, or you're wondering why the healing hasn't manifested yet, here's the thing. Here's what we need to think about. The temptation is going to be look for something new. Leave this. Everybody say temptation. temptation. The temptation. Now, I'm not alone in this. I mean, we've got men in our lives and leaders in our lives that who are contending for the faith that was once delivered to the saints because there's been an attack in this area and the church needs to you know admit that hey I may have thought I knew everything I needed to know about faith but I don't know everything I need to know about faith and maybe I need to be open to a little bit of adjustment or correction in my life because if you want to see miracles you're gonna to have to learn how to believe for them and you're going to have to learn how to stand your ground when it looks like faith is not the answer. So look here in Matthew chapter 8. Jesus already said to the woman, Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of your plague. So if you want to be healed, what's one thing you could learn out of that verse? Your faith can make you whole. Study what she did. Right? Study how she talked. Look at this, Matthew chapter 8, verse 13. Is it up on the screen? What does it say? Jesus said unto the centurion, Go your way, as you have believed, so be it done unto you. What a statement! As you have believed, so be it done unto you. Did his believing have anything to do with his servant being miraculously healed? Jesus made it very clear that we need to see, yes, it had, a, had everything to do with it other than the Lord furnished the power, but the man had the faith to receive it. Isn't it interesting what the Lord said when he could have said a thousand other things? He could have said, Go your way, as I have had mercy and grace on you, so shall it be done unto you. Go your way, um, as it has been my will, so be it done unto you. Go your way, my power has fixed everything. Go your what did he say again? As you have believed. As you have believed. See, we're going deeper in some stuff we already know, but we've got to go deeper in it. You want to hit oil, right? You want to keep drilling. As you have believed. What is believing? Well, number one, it's a lifestyle, not just something you do when you're in trouble. You might turn up the volume when you're in trouble, but it's something you live by every day of your life. Did you know, let, let me just take a little side journey here. Did you know that, how, how many of you have ever struggled against any kind of sin? Come on, raise your hand, you holy saints of God. How many of you have ever struggled with temptation? How many of you have ever fallen into some stuff more than 10, 20 times? Huh? Anybody? Yeah, we all have. 
listen, listen. This is something the Lord's revealed to me. And I was talking to Ken Blunt about this a while back too and really got stirred up about it. But this is something the Lord has revealed to me and I'm going to articulate it one of these days in a sermon. I know I've hit on it here and there, but here's the thing. Living separate from sin, it's all a faith issue. It's all about faith, whether you have faith or don't have faith in that area to live right. Let me tell you what I mean. What if you really believed when temptation comes to you, what if you really believed that God's way was the best way? Yeah. Hmm? When temptation comes to you, what if you really, really believed God's way is the best way? Temptation's pulling me this way, it's not God's way. Here's God's way, the way I don't feel like going. Mm-hmm. Why, why would you not go toward temptation? And why would you go the right way? Because you believe from your gut that God's way is the best way. Now what happens if you go the temptation route? You violated faith. At that moment, you were not believing that God's way was the best way. You were tricked into believing this was more satisfaction, this was more pleasure, this was more fun, this was more beneficial, and you believed a lie more than God, and you went into sin because you didn't believe properly. You didn't believe. Believe means you're fully persuaded. When temptation comes to you, see, some people, they're, they're fighting uh, the urge to drink. They're, they're fighting lust. They're fighting lying. They're fighting being mean. They're fighting all that. Why don't you fight the right fight? It's called the fight of faith. If you will just fight to remind yourself and to stay in faith that if I go this way, my house is getting paid off. If I go this way, my body's going to be healthy. But if I go this way, I'll have a little bit of pleasure for a few minutes or whatever. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. You, you know what you need to put above your vision list at home? Going God's way will get me all of this. And put the picture of the jet, put the picture of the house paid for, put the picture of the swimming pool, put the picture of whatever, and put above all of it, going God's way will get me all of this. Kids serving the Lord, hands up in the air, crying because they love the Lord so much, no fear at all of them veering out into the crazy world. Going Going God's way will get me all of this. And then say, I believe God's way is the best way. Isn't that interesting how faith is just involved in every area of our life? You really feel that this is the right thing. You, you really, it just everything about you says, this is it, this is it. But you find out, but that's not God's way. Then you're going to have to go, my faith is stronger than my feelings. My faith is stronger than my emotions. My faith is stronger than my will. And I'm going God's way because I'm not stupid. And then quote scriptures. If we obey and serve Him, we're going to spend our days in prosperity and our years in pleasures. God's not against us having pleasure. He's just against us loving pleasure more than Him. Pleasure can be an idol. It's called idolatry, actually, in the Old Testament. All right. Next verse. Mark chapter, excuse me, Matthew chapter 9, 
go one chapter to the right. So do we see that? You guys, you following me here? You getting this? You getting this? Yes. Come on, are we people of faith? Yes. Are we people of faith? Yes. Then we're always up. Yes. We have no more sad days ever. Because sad days are choice. You're not a little puppy, wimpy victim. You can be whatever you want to be, say whatever you want to say, and act however you want to act. That's way stronger than what you feel. Faith is a full-time job. And if you're going to live by faith, you need to be open to correction from your spouse or really good friends at times and not think they're confession patrol when they correct you. Hmm? I mean, there's some things you should never say. Hmm? It'll affect your future if it's not dealt with. How many glad you can condemn wrong words you've spoken and bring them to nothing in the name of Jesus? I condemn wrong words. I, if I say something out of my mouth that I don't want or I don't believe, I say, I stop right now. Lord, I don't believe what I just said. Lord, I, I slipped out. I condemn that word and bring it to nothing in Jesus' name. And now I believe those seeds will have no effect on my future. But you've got to watch out about saying things like, I'm confused. Or uh, that, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. The scripture says you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. It just hasn't floated up to your brain yet. And the more you're in faith that you have an unction from the Holy One, the more it will float up to your brain. Just because your brain doesn't know what to do doesn't mean your spirit doesn't know That's what to right. do. Yep. Yep. Keep saying, I have an unction from the Holy One. I know exactly how to do this and fix that and adjust this and make this work. And yep. I know exactly what to I, I, And your brain's going, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. But your spirit's going, I have an unction from the Holy One. Right. Brain, you'll get it in just a second. Be patient. Yep. You'll know everything you need to know by the unction. Yeah. Watch out about saying, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know what we're going to do. Slap yourself. Just stop that. Yeah. You have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. Your brain just hasn't got it yet. Yeah, Your brain is not you. You are you. Amen. You have a brain. You've got to watch out about saying things. I'm just so tired. Well, it's one thing to be tired after a long day and all this, but even just saying it, well, just go to bed. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like to build things in my life that I don't want. Right. Abnormal tiredness, I don't accept. Right. I know that this, this is kind of an interesting piece of information. I'll give it to you on the Friday night crowd. But I was doing some research on the thyroid. And they say some of the symptoms of hypothyroidism, one of them is uh, abnormal tiredness. Just tired in the mid-morning, tired in the afternoon, tired in the evening. Maybe not all day long, but just... So, so, so if you're having a problem with uh, abnormal tiredness... Command your thyroid to work right. Might as well cover that one anyway. It's not going to hurt anyway, right? Thyroid, like the, 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 the thyroid, Lou, huge. I mean, just an important part of the body. I've never knew how much it does and doesn't do if it's not working right. Sometimes I just feel like praying for people that are abnormally tired. Can I just, can I just lay my hands on your thyroid? <laughs> how many know a healthy thyroid is a good thing? Sometimes you might want to just talk to him and say, Thyroid! I command you work perfect in Jesus' name. Christ has redeemed me from hypothyroidism, hyperthyroidism, whatever thyroidism. You're healed. And then believe it worked. And have an uh, attitude. If any thoughts come, you were like, What are you going to do? You have that attitude. Spirit of faith. The righteous are as bold as a lion. Gentle with hurting people, you know, but when it comes to adverse things coming against you, Amen. you don't mess with us. Yep. Amen. 
Devil, you're wasting your time. You should have went to somebody else because you just wasted your time. You just gave me another testimony. You have to have an attitude about it. You got to be rebuking some stuff and believe those rebukes worked. You know why you need to stay in the Word a lot and go to church a lot and pray a lot? To stay out of this funky natural realm that keeps pulling you into its crazy course. See, if you don't take the offense and do some of these things, listen closely here, if you don't take the offense, and, and what I mean by that is if you don't pray, and if you don't speak the word day and night, things will take a natural course. You don't want things taking a natural course. You want things taking a supernatural course. And when we don't pray, things take a natural course. And a lot of times that's destruction. If we don't confess the word like we need to, things take a natural course. We have to see, we're, we're on the offense here. We, it's not floating down the river time. It's swimming up the river time. The, this, the whole world's going a totally different direction than what we believe. And you have to keep yourself stirred up. One of the reasons we need to speak the word day and night is because we, we've got to get in that other realm and live there. You can do things in this world from that other realm. Obviously, you can do things from this realm and, and affect some of the other, but you, you, you want to live in that realm. We want to live in the realm of faith. We want to live in the realm of, what? You, you trying to tell me I'm not going to make it? As opposed to, hmm, yeah, I see that. Oh, you got to get out of the natural. And that's why you got to speak the word. That's why you got to pray every day, go to meetings. Because there's a realm trying to pull you back into it. As soon as you get into a good meaning, it's going to try to pull you back into your own natural realm. And the deception, here's the interesting thing. You don't have to be wicked, bad, or living an evil life to not experience the blessings. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says all you got to be is too natural and you won't be a receiver. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says that the natural man, the natural man, receives not the things of the Spirit of God, which would include healings and miracles as well as revelation knowledge. The natural man receives not. It didn't say the bad man. You don't have to be bad to be a poor receiver. Just be too much in the natural. You know, too many movies, too many secular books, too many secular things. All, too much of that will make you natural. Faith will be fuzzy to you. How to receive from God won't make sense. You won't be that interested in the things of God if you're too natural. Too natural. I know we live a, to a degree in the natural, but you can be too natural. Well, Pastor, I'm not bad. I'm not evil. Great. Wonderful. That's wonderful. But even being too natural will hinder you from receiving from the Lord what you need. If the exhortation and admonition of exhort one another daily while it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin, if that exhortation was necessary 2,000 years ago before iPhones and TVs and movies and radios, yeah. how much more do we need to receive that admonition today? Exhort one another daily, lest you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Man, if they had to exhort one another daily, minus all these distractions, how much more do we need to exhort one another multiple times a day? 
And here's the thing, I'm, I'm giving you some revelation here tonight. The devil is winning in a lot of people's lives. Now listen closely, church. The biggest problem today is not in the church. It's not evil. It's not bad. It's just too much natural. The devil knew, I got to get some good things. I got to get some okay things to keep the church away from the most powerful things. To keep them away from their miracles. Keep them occupied with these okay things so they're not in the realm they need to be believing for miracles and seeing results. Got to watch it about this stuff. There's times I, I forget to take my phone with me. And my first thought is, where's my phone? My second thought is, glory to God, I'm glad I forgot my phone. I can do this. I got the Holy Ghost who knows everything. Yeah, but what about my loved one? Where are they? The Holy Ghost knows where they are. And if I really need to see him, he'll translate me there. Mark 9, verse 29. Please, church, don't forget that faith is a full-time job. I'm about done here tonight, but just hang on here because we're going to have them sing that song again and we're going to release some faith and we're going we're to see some manifestations. It's time. I'm done putting things off to the future. Faith is now. Matthew 9, 29. Two blind men, right? Or one blind man. Jesus said unto them, Believe you that I am able to do this? They said, Yes, Lord, there are two blind men. Verse 29, Jesus touched, then touched Jesus their eyes, saying, According to my will, be it unto you. That is not what it said. Why put it off on the will of God when you already know the will of God? He came to recover sight to the blind. That's one of the number one reasons He came to the earth. And if you've got anything wrong with your eyesight, He wants to fix it. But what is it according to? He said to the blind man, according to my power. According to my kindness. Were those things involved? Yes! But he wanted us to focus on this emphasis. What is it? According to your faith, be it unto you. You trying to tell me I don't have faith? I'm not trying to tell you any such thing. But I am saying this, according to your faith, be it unto you. Right? Like, like, like little faith is an unfixable problem? Come on, man, you can fix little faith. Sure. Little faith is not an unfixable problem. Just spit out pride and say, I receive correction and grow in faith. Receive correction. Sure. Did Jesus ever correct anybody under his ministry for having little faith. Then I wonder if there'd be anybody in any other ministries other than you know, the Lord personally that maybe little faith is a problem. It's not a cut to a person's personality. It's not a cut to their life or their, their, their person. It's not a cut. It's the truth. I'm thankful that if I have a problem in my life, that's connected to little faith, I'm thankful that's what it is. Yeah. 
because I can grow in faith as much as I want. I can read the Bible, hear good sermons that build my faith as much as I want. I can confess the Word as much as I want. I can develop strong in faith as much as I want. What that's telling me is, if Jesus says, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? If He points that out as a problem, you need to go glory to God. I can fix that. The Lord can help me. He will give me His Word. I'll develop. I'll use my... He'll give me teachings. I'll do what, they, what the Lord says. I'll develop. I don't know why people think it's such a cut. You know, you need to grow in faith in this area of divine healing. You know, telling somebody, you're not healed because you don't have faith, that's not proper either. Because they may have great faith in one area, maybe greater than you, but maybe undeveloped faith in another area. So instead of just saying, you're not healed because you don't have faith, I think you should be slow down and be a little more specific and a little more compassionate that saying, hey, have you heard anything about divine healing? Did you know that by Jesus' stripes you were healed? Have you developed your faith in this area? As opposed to just saying, you don't have any faith in general. You can have great faith that your sins are forgiven when you confess your sins. You can have great faith that God's faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness and live life with, with joy unspeakable and full of glory. And you may not have hardly any faith when it comes to prosperity or healing. Or you may have great faith when it comes to healing, but not very good for finances. That's not a cut. That's the truth. If that's the truth, it's the truth. So what do you need to do? Fix it. Yeah. Fix it. Small faith is not an unfixable problem. You can get in the Word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And if you want faith for prosperity, faith comes by hearing prosperity scriptures and hearing by the Word of God. If you want faith for healing, build your faith by reading healing scriptures. And then start speaking those scriptures. And then start acting like you got the victory. Whether the mirror says you do or not, whether your body says you do or not, start. Here's the problem, guys. And I know I need to wrap this. Here's the problem. People get in faith, but they slip back out. And it's so, it's so subtle. It's almost like an unconscious slipping. But if you're in the Word, you'll catch these things. You're in faith. You're praising God. You're speaking the Word. And then two days later, you're talking just like you never even prayed a prayer. You, like you never even sowed a seed. Like you never even tithed. If you, really, if you really believe tithing works like Malachi 3 says it works, you'll never be sad about finances ever again. I don't care what your present state of finances looks like. If you really believe God's opening the windows of heaven upon you, if you really believe given, it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, you'll never be sad another day in your life if you really believe. Even though you don't see anything for a week or two, you'll still be happy. You know, God can't lie. Amen. If this doesn't change, then He lied. Well, He's not going he, to change. He didn't lie, and it's happening. Amen. It's happening. happening. Amen. Would you say that with me? It's, it's happening. happening. According to your faith, be it unto you. Let me just read you these scriptures. Ephesians 2.8 says this. We are saved by grace through faith. How do you get saved? By grace through faith. Satan would love to separate the two things that gets people saved. Gets people healed and gets people delivered. Keep faith and grace right next to each other. Because that's what produces salvation, healings, and miracles. Mark chapter 11, verse 24. Jesus said, What things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive those things when you pray, 
and you shall have those things. What did Jesus emphasize? Believe you receive. You believe. Believe you. You believe. Mark 9.23, Jesus said, All things are possible to him that believes. John 11.40 says, Jesus said, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see? So, eventually, faith is going to turn to sight or you're really not in faith. You might be in what you think is faith, but you're not in what Jesus said is faith. Sight does come on the scene. Yes. And you know in your spirit when it should have come on the scene. If it didn't, don't go to something new. Go deeper in what you know. Right. Go deeper in faith. Yeah. Isn't it interesting to you that Keith Moore just started up faith school? He teaches faith all the time, multiple times a week. And now, he, on top of that, he started up faith school. That's just the name of the program. It's not a school, but it's, it's faith school. Every day, Monday through Friday, right? Faith school. Why, Keith? Man, teach us something else. I mean, you taught us faith for so, so many years, and Brother Hagen taught faith. Why are you teaching faith? I'll tell you why. There is a devil and there are a bunch of demons that don't want you interested in this subject that will get you healed, delivered, prosperous, set free, and make you a major blessing to a crazy world all around you. Satan hates faith. Well, of course, if you're the devil and believers had the ability to lift up a shield that would quench all the devil's fiery darts, what would you come against? Their faith. Faith's not important. Faith's not that important. Oh, you've heard all the faith sermons you need to hear. Faith's not that important. You need to go over here. Oh, look at that over there. A bright color. Over here. Look at that. It's like we, need to be, we need to be solid and say, you know what? Faith is not a wave. Faith is not a, 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 a time of teachings. And then we go on to something. Faith is how you live every day of your life. And if you don't stay stirred up in faith, you'll slip back without even wanting to. I like what one person said a while back. A minister said, if you're in the same place today as you were yesterday, you're backsliding. It's not about maintaining, cruising. It's about advancing and increasing. It's the plan of God that we all advance and increase, especially in these important issues like faith and love. <sighs> all right.